Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 cast, episode 33, where we bring you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join us on this week's episode where we talk about the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, your weekly turtle chat leading into our MLB segment, alongside our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions. So, how have you two been doing? Been doing, been doing. Been watching, uh, been keeping a good eye on these NBA Finals and uh, this it, Stanley Cup uh, Finals. So, Doing as good as, as the Raptors? Because they're crushing it. Well, I, mean, I wouldn't say crushing it. I think it. they're crushing they it. They won a game. I mean, exactly. it's better than a lot of teams can say against the Warriors, but I wouldn't exactly. call crushing it. They're crushing it. I'm proud of them. But, yes, as, as Wyatt hinted... Um, the Raptors have won a game of these NBA Finals. Two games were played in the last week. Games one and two, believe it or not, those are the first two games that get played. Um, and uh, in game one, that was the game that the Raptors won. They were led to victory by the uh, on some unlikely sources. I mean, sure, Kawhi Leonard had a good game, but it was the combined effort of Pascal Siakam and uh, Mark Gasol who scored a combined 56 points in game one. That ended up being able to lead the Raptors to victory. Uh, their home crowd also really helped carrying them. That arena has been really loud. Um, and, yeah, it's it's been some good basketball that was played in that arena in that game. Um, they came back game two on Sunday night. And, again, Toronto jumped out to a big lead in that game, too. But then they decided they were going to let uh, the Warriors score the first 18 points of the third quarter. Not the best strategy that I have uh, ever seen because, you know, generally you want to score and not let your opponent score. So letting him score the first 18 points of a half is not the best. And uh, the Raptors were just never able to recover from that. They made it close at the end. Uh, they closed the gap to within two in the last 30 seconds. But uh, then they left Andre Iguodala open for a three with... Um, with less than 10 seconds left that he hit to make it a five-point game again, and the Raptors were not able to come back from a five-point deficit with less than 10 seconds left, which, you know, you can't fault him for that. Nobody can do that. So the Warriors took game two. That series is currently tied at one game apiece as it heads back to Toronto, or heads back to, or heads to Oakland, I should say, uh, for two games in Oakland, games three and four coming up this next week. So, um, yeah, so it'll be good to see if Toronto can do something away from home. The crowd has been great for them. It'll be interesting to see now that they have a hostile crowd, if they can jump out to the leads. They have been against the Warriors in the first two games. But outside of the scores, the biggest storyline from um, game two was that the Warriors, the injuries continue to mount for the Golden State Warriors. Um, we all knew Kevin Durant is out. He's still out. It's not looking like he's going to play here in game three, but it's possible that if he practices tomorrow, he will be able to play in game three. So we will see if he can practice. But the other big injury is Clay Thompson uh, left game two late after falling awkwardly after shooting a three. He is has a hamstring injury. Uh, he's had an MRI on Monday to view the severity of the hamstring injury. He says he's not going to miss game three, 
Um, other people seem more skeptical of that, so that's something to keep an eye on as we go forward. Because if uh, the Warriors are without uh, without Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, suddenly I think they're vulnerable without both of those two uh, without both of those two players. So, I mean, that's really what teams had to be banking on this entire time is that the Warriors would get injured. That's about the only way that anybody could actually beat them is if their players started ending up getting injured. I don't know what you think about that, Kyle or Wyatt, but this is sort of what, this is like the dream scenario. You've got a really good team here coming out of the East and the Raptors, and now the Warriors are injured. If anybody was going to beat the Warriors, this is the dream scenario to do it. What are your thoughts? Well, obviously, if Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant are injured, you're taking away two of the most prolific scorers in the NBA, and Kevin Durant being one of the hardest players in the NBA to guard outside of... Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James. Obviously, Kevin Durant is hard to guard with his ability to shoot from practically anywhere on the floor, as well as being super lengthy and tall. He has a, an extremely good mid-range game, can beat you off the dribble, and can get to the rack. And obviously, Klay Thompson, in my opinion, is more of a steady three-point shooter compared to Steph Curry. Steph Curry has more glamorous shots. Glamorous in quotes as... He's shooting from nearly half court, but I believe Clay Thompson is the more pure shooter between the two. So obviously if you have those two out, it makes this team way easier to defend. You have to then primarily put your focus on uh, Steph Curry, obviously, and then Draymond Green. You take those two out of the equation, who else is going to step up for Golden State? It's not like Andre Iguodala can just go off and score 40 points in a game unlike Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant can. So this team is insanely easier to defend with those two players not on the court, and obviously that I believe that's advantage to Toronto Raptors. With Kevin Durant on the floor, they're just able to spread everything out more, and they can keep more scores on the floor. They don't have to have all of their scores on the floor all at one time. Rather, if they have Steph Curry and Draymond Green on the floor all at one time, and then they're off the floor, then the bench has to really come up with some slack. And I think Toronto then has the edge with their players being able to defend. And then they will, in my opinion, if that happens, if they both miss a significant amount of time in the series, they the Golden State Warriors could easily go down two games, potentially, uh, play, when they play in Oakland. I can see that easily happening with as good as this Toronto Raptors team is playing right now. Yeah, but I think the big X factor in this series now for the Warriors, especially as the injuries mount, is DeMarcus Cousins. He came back and he played in, uh, in he game played in two. game one. But yeah, but he wasn't super effective in game one. Well, in he game only two, played he almost, eight minutes. Yeah. Right. In game two, he started. He started game two, which was an interesting call there by... Uh, Steve Kerr, and he almost recorded a triple-double. I think he had something like 16 points and 10 rebounds and 7 assists or something. So he almost logged logged a triple-double after starting. So I think he's the big X factor. If he can continue to play at that level, I think the Warriors can survive even with their injuries. But the injuries definitely changed the season, and uh, or changed the series, I should say. And, uh, And we'll have to see if those players can get healthy at some point. But if Toronto could take a game, one of these next two games in Oakland, I consider that a win. They don't have to win both of these games to have it be successful. If they can go back with an even series going back to Toronto for game five, I think they're in good shape. Their, their job is just to take two games here 
or take one of the two games here in Oakland and they've done their job. But also along with those uh, NBA playoffs going on, the Stanley Cup finals are in the are in the process here. So three games have been completed. Um, Boston currently leads the series 2-1. It is a best of seven series, just like uh, just like it is in the NBA. Uh, Boston took game one, four to two. St. Louis took game two in Boston, three to two in overtime. And then Boston returned the favor in game three by absolutely throttling St. Louis seven to two in St. Louis in game three. Uh, game four is currently in progress as we record this podcast um, with St. Louis off to an early lead in it. But um, so both teams have won a game on the road in that series so far. Boston, uh, from what I've seen, definitely, well, obviously you can tell they dominated game three with that score, but they were pretty dominant in uh, game one as well. And St. Louis dominated game two. Despite uh, it going to overtime, they outshot the Bruins, and just watching the game, you could tell they looked like the better team that night. So it hasn't really been, as far as what looks like, there hasn't really been a very close knockdown, dragout fight that you'd expect uh, coming up here at one point in this series. So, and maybe game four turns into that as uh, it goes into the later periods here. It'll be something to keep an eye on. But I'm still just really looking for that battle instead of this sort of like back and forth domination each game. That's what's going to make it interesting. More overtime, more times where the games just go back and forth. They go down to the wire. The teams are pretty evenly matched, hard hitting, good shooting, things like that. That's what's going to be fun to watch. So hopefully those games will get to that level as the series goes on. And hopefully the series goes away. More hockey is always good. Game sevens are exciting. So hopefully this series continues. And if St. Louis manages to win this, it would be insane. And there was one point this season, midway through the season, where St. Louis had the worst record in the NHL. And now they're playing for the Stanley Cup Finals. It would be one of the best comebacks in NHL history if the St. Louis Blues managed to win this. I don't know if it's ever happened where somewhere some some team that far into the season was the worst team in, in hockey and then has managed to... Uh, to come back and win the cup. I'd have to do more research on that, but it would be an incredible comeback. Could the, uh, could the, uh, St. Louis blues come back to win that game? That would be insane. Come back to win the series. You mean series? Yeah. Sorry. Come back to win the series. It would be insane. Best comebacks in hockey history over the course of the season. But well, Kyle, obviously, you- obviously the thing to do at new or at these, uh, big playoff games is to find a quarterback who's there in attendance, put them on the jumbotron and everybody forced them to chug their beer. Patrick Uh, Mahomes had to chug one with Travis Kelsey the other night. Yeah. But uh, do do you know why they're doing that? No. So um, David Bakhtiari, he's an offensive Oh, well, yeah, I saw that because everybody wants to outdo Aaron Rodgers because he's awful. Yes, because, right, so, yeah, for for the the listeners who haven't seen it, David Bakhtiari is an offensive lineman for the Packers. At one Bucks game, they put him on the Jumbotron, and he downed not one but two beers. And next they put uh, Aaron Rodgers on the Jumbotron. Oh, and they also got Yelich, too. Yeah, but next was Aaron Rodgers, and he – comes and he doesn't even get through half of his in the process. So now when the excuse me, now when the other quarterbacks have to go on there, 
they have to uh, they have to just show up Aaron Rodgers and you know get more than half of their beer down while they're trying to chug it. So Aaron Rodgers, great quarterback, not the best beer chugger. Which scenes he plays in Wisconsin might be a problem. Uh, are those uh, those Packer fans might have to get on him for that. We'll have to see if they will do that or not. But I feel I feel like they're going to root for him either way, even if uh, even if he doesn't improve his beer chugging ability. I think he's a good enough quarterback that they might cut him some slack in that aspect. But yeah, um, can I talk about my favorite baseball player yet? Yeah, well, he I, dropped a ball trying to tag out a uh, Tampa Bay Rays player stealing home. I mean, he kind of dropped a ball. There was well, never he, in his glove. He, he, failed, he failed to feel that. He didn't drop it. Dropping it implies that at one point you had it. Okay, well, it was. It should have been in his glove. But, yes, I agree. But anyway, yes, for our weekly turtle tab where we follow the exploits of Willens Ostadio throughout the season, um, in this last week, Offensively, he was four for seventeen. He is now hitting uh, uh, two sixty on the season. Um, there was the, he this week. He was in a little bit of danger of getting sent down to AAA, even which would have been an absolute travesty. But the Twins had uh, two of their better hitters coming off the DL this week. We'll get into that a little bit uh, in our baseball segment. But he was in danger of being one of the players sent down. Um, to be replaced by one of them, but he did survive the, survive the cuts. Lucky for us, so we get to continue to watch the ever enjoyable Willens Astadio continue to uh, put everything in play and not strike out. He still only has three strikeouts on the year, and we are now uh, in early June. He's on pace for an insanely low strikeout percentage, the lowest strikeout percentage in Major League history. So yeah, what I want to see is in a game that means nothing at the end of the year. What the Twins could do is they could have both Willens Ostadio and Marwin Gonzalez play all nine positions in the same game. What do you think about that? Two players play all nine positions in the same game, but do I'd it in a game that. that's meaningless. That's I'd hate that. Before. I would, like I would hate that. Just because like, that's so insane statistically. It, that's never I, happened. I don't not, even want to see the highlights on SportsCenter the next day. That would be stupid. You don't want oh, to see Willens Ostadio pitch? No. Oh well, yes, I want to see. Floor. I want to see one pitch, one home run out of the ballpark. I mean, like over the entire ballpark. I mean, his his career WAR is being brought down by uh by uh zero point two from his one pitching performance from last season. It was a disaster. He gave up like three runs in one inning, cost him point two WAR last season. So he's not. I he see it his, happen again. You, so, so you're on board. All right. Kyle's on well, board. Okay, on not board for both of them. I, just him so that he can get lit up and then you have to talk about his disgraceful pitching appearance in your weekly tortoise tab. It's not, not dot tortoise, turtle. It, it's a tortoise because it's fat. I, tortoises sure tortoises, and tortoises are like different. One's a subset of the other, right? Yes. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't remember I don't which know one's for which. sure. I'm the not tortoise caught up had to my... come first. <laughs> Tortoises live in terrariums and turtles live in aquariums. I know that. And so now this sports podcast goes to animal ecology. Ah, I don't know much about animal ecology. That's that's some of my extent is uh, animal. Platypuses are semi-aquatic egg-laying mammals. All right, back to the baseball diamond. No, you just well, said we became a. An animal ecology podcast, so I'm going to name animal no, facts. No, we're back to the we're back to the baseball oh, diamond. Okay. okay um, 
So, yeah, the, the we're going to talk about the Royals. The only bright side You're is... You're going to talk about the Royals. Nobody else wants to talk about that. The only bright side is Alberto Mondesi is leading the um, leading the major leagues in triples still with seven. Uh, he had another one this week, and he's leading the majors in stolen bases. He's got at least 20 so far. Um, I don't have the exact number on on hand, but the they're bad, um, which means they had the number two overall pick in Monday night's draft, so the night as we were recording this podcast. They selected Bobby Witt Jr., and this was impressive because it's the first time in Major League history that a father-son duo has ever been selected in the top three of an MLB draft period. His father was drafted in 1985, number three overall, and he was selected number two overall. He's a 17-year-old prep school baseball player. Uh, he is out of Texas. He's currently hitting uh, 519 with 14 homers, 12 doubles, and seven triples in 127 plate appearances this year. Uh, Royals fans, don't get your hopes up. Best case scenario, he'll play in the majors maybe until, not until 2021, so in two years, but probably not until 2022, realistically. Uh, so we might see him in 2022 or later when the Royals try and call him up, and hopefully we have a young enough core in order to actually be uh, relevant in the wild card race again in a couple of years. Because this is terrible baseball. Even our Hall of Fame... Uh, Radio broadcaster Denny Matthews the other day. I was listening to the radio broadcast while I was uh, uh, working, doing some yard work at my house, and he said that this, that game on Sunday, it if not the worst game he's ever seen the Royals play in a Royal uniform, probably in the top five. He said have, this team have the is, Royals played games in other uniforms. You uh, said yes. it's the worst game yes. the Royals have Monarchs. played in Royals uniforms? they played in Monarchs uniforms. Okay, and they played worst games in Monarch uniforms, so it's worth specifying that? Yes. Okay. Potentially they could have, yes. Okay. I just, don't know. Just, just, just don't making know sure that sure. clarification was important They don't keep stats of the quote-unquote worst games played ever, so they don't I mean, keep I'm sure that. they do, but oh, they'd okay. have to do it some sort of objective measurement, yes. like run differential, etc. So, yep, but, they... They're playing terribly. All right, let's get this over with with the best team in baseball right now. Go next. Yeah, I I, I, I I root for the best team in baseball. That best team in baseball is the Minnesota Twins. Once again, as, uh, as we look at the standings, as we record this, the Twins have the best winning percentage in baseball. They are 40 and 18. They have a 690 winning percentage on the season. They are playing very well. Um, this last week, if you remember, on our last podcast, I said it would be uh, a really big uh, determination week for the Twins here is if they, of the, if they were actually good or if they were just successfully beating up on bad teams. And I think we've come to the conclusion that this team is actually good. If you remember last week, uh, the first part of the week, they had split a two-game series with the Milwaukee Brewers and were about to embark on a four-game uh, series in Tropicana Field against the Tampa Bay Rays. And that series for the Twins started out with a big dud. They got absolutely clobbered by the uh, by the Rays in Game 1. But they rebounded nicely and took Games 2, 3, and 4 from the Tampa Bay Rays to... Uh, 
get a three to one series win out of that series. And the twins looked like the better team in those games too. Uh, they hit better than the, uh, than the Rays did. Uh, their pitching was better. So they looked like a team that can definitely contend with the, uh, with the best teams in the American League and National League this week. They showed that they can definitely compete with both of them. So that was very encouraging. Um, and, of course, you know, a 4-1 a, uh, a week is always a good thing. Um, you can never have a bad 4-1 week. Um, other updates on the Twins. I hinted at this in our weekly total tab, but the Twins had two of their two of their better hitters come off the DL here this week. Mitch Garver had recovered from his high ankle sprain. He came off the DL. And then Nelson Cruz was activated off the DL from his wrist injury. And uh, the tw- Willens Ostadio, as I said, survived that. The Twins sent down a relief pitcher, Zach Littell, and then an infielder, Luis Arias. Um, so it just speaks to what this offense can do when without the likes of Mitch Garver and Nelson Cruz, they can... Um, they can still be hitting the way they were hitting. Just imagine what that lineup is now going to look like with um, with Nelson Cruz and Mitch Garver back in it. That's a that's a lineup I do not want to face as a pitcher. Hopefully the Twins can uh, keep rolling. They have the Indians for uh, three games here this week. And really they can just bury the Indians. Right now the uh, Indians and White Sox are tied for second in the American League Central. 11 and a half games behind the Twins. The Twins have basically put this game out of reach. Uh, this game, this uh, division out of reach. I mean, yes, it's possible. Teams have blown this big of leads before, but generally not when the teams are looking as good as the Twins have been looking. Normally when your teams blow this big of a lead, it's because their run differential has been, you know, not great, but the Twins have the best run differential in baseball. Or maybe all of the hitters have been hot at the same time, and that's why they've been doing it, or they haven't had any injuries. But the Twins have had to deal with all of those things already. And they just continue to roll. It doesn't look like anything can stop this train. So that means that anything that you really, my theory going forward is anything you talk about with the Twins is going to have to be um, in the context of does this make it more likely for you to win a playoff series? Like, not much they could do is going to affect this division race, barring, like, a total collapse. So any moves that they make as we start to approach the trade deadline here, um, I mean, we're still two months from the trade deadline, but as the trade deadline gets a little bit closer, it has to be framed as, does it help us win a playoff series? I don't think we have to consider the, does it help us to, uh, does it help us to uh, make the playoffs? I think that's more or less a given. And according to... Uh, to uh, uh, to fan graphs, the Twins have a 98% chance to make the playoffs. So that's not just me exaggerating. That's the the all the metrics and predictions are saying the Twins are uh, pretty much a lock for the playoffs at this point. So it would take one of the worst collapses for them not to be there. So Twins I, are playing really really well. I'd like to make a correction to one thing you did say. You yeah. said you can't have a bad four in one week. Technically, you could. Technically, you could go four and one in a week and have three of your starting pitchers get injured. I don't think there's. I don't necessarily think that's a bad four and one week. You won four games, but Just if you win. lose three of your starting pitchers for that go on the sixty day DL, you don't put players IL. on. The, you don't put players right away on the sixty day 
DL. That's not how it works. But if you lose them to Tommy John surgery, then you could have a bad four in one week. I mean, okay, fine, but that, that you get after arguing, me for stuff like that, so I'm giving it back. There you now go. Now we're arguing technicalities, Kyle. You always you're just, are. You're just upset. You're just upset because the Royals are a full 21 and a half games behind the Twins. 21 and a half games, and it's June hey, 3rd. They're, they're helping me get a write-that-down prediction correct. It's June 3rd, and they're 21 and a half games behind the Twins. They're on, pace to, they're on pace to only win 52 ball games this year. They're on pace to go 52 and 100. That's why you're mad. 52 and 110, sorry. Yeah, I was like, that's horrible math. 52 and 110. That's you not got good. A, That's why you Did upset. you go to the University of Iowa to get that degree? No, I didn't. I did not. I just, you know, subtracted 162 minus 52 and got 100. It happens. Mental math, trying to do it on the spot. You made me ad lib. That's what happens. Because this podcast is very professional and we never ad lib, so that's what happens when it goes wrong. Did you write down all that twin stuff that you said? No, I didn't write down any of that. I will talk stuff. more, but I don't want to write it, is what yep. you wrote down on our on our outline. Yep, pretty much. Didn't write down any of that. Very professional. I've been thinking about it all day. I've been been thinking about it all day. Didn't you start your new job today? Weren't you yeah, supposed I did. to be thinking about your work? See, I was locked out of the system for like an hour and a half this afternoon where my password wasn't working, so I had a lot of time to think this afternoon where my stuff wasn't working and IT was trying to fix my stuff for me. So. Oh, so they paid you to do absolutely nothing today. Well, I mean, the afternoon I did stuff, but the morning I didn't do much. So. But anyway, do you want to talk about the Cubs now, Why? or do you just want me to keep babbling? I There's can keep not babbling really a whole lot much. to talk about, to be quite honest. I mean, got swept in the most boring city in America. Chris Bryant got booed. He got booed because he called St. Louis the most boring city in America. It is pretty dull. It is. uh, Kyle, I thought uh, you already gave the uh, most boring city in America award to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, I did. (laughs) That is literally, that's not the most boring city in the world. It's the worst city in the world. Oof. Poor Tulsa. Tulsa's garbage. Yeah, you're right. But, oh well. I don't get why you're so upset about Tulsa. Like, okay, you would have been upset about Tulsa too had you been on that trip. No, if I would have been on that trip, I would have been happy to be going to an NCAA tournament game, Kyle. I was happy to be going to an NCAA tournament game, but once we got there, there was literally nothing to do. Oh, wow, wow. I feel real bad for you. Real bad. I also feel bad for the Cubs because they got swept by the Cardinals, and I'm sad about that. I don't feel bad for the Cubs. I I do. So I don't feel bad for the Cubs. Well, you're already bad. So They won a World Series within the last five years. I don't feel bad for teams that win World Series recently. That's my okay. policy. Well, that doesn't matter because I feel bad for them. Your policy However, is your opinion, and your opinion hey, is always wrong. They did win today, though. They did win a makeup game against the Angels. So that's pretty cool. So That is good. It's always good to win. So Goal Cubs go. So that's dope. That's, I like that's what how the Cubs you spelled Los Angeles on her outline. Well, Los Angeles translates to the Angels. So, <laughs> and I put an H in there because Los Angeles. Okay. So that's what was hitting, going on. And that. they're hitting dude. Yeah, they're hitting pretty good. They won one against the Angels eight to one today. John Lester was killing it. 
Uh, we'll get to see Kyle Hendricks tomorrow, I think, in a three-game series against the Rockies at Wrigley, followed by hosting the Cardinals again at Wrigley for a weekend series. So pretty pumped about that, too. In, the most, in one of the most congested down. cities in the world with one of the highest crime rates. So they mm-hmm. go from the most boring city to a high crime rate, super congested, really dirty city. Denver? I mean, I would argue that St. Louis is Are you insulting is also Denver right now? All of those things? Or Denver, no, they're I guess. Hosting, they're hosting the Rockies. Oh, Mike. okay. Okay. Sorry, I missed that. You're oh, Mike. That. Yeah, okay. Then I, I would then argue that... So. I would argue that St. Louis is also all three of those things, to be quite honest. Have you ever been to the east side of St. Louis? No, just don't go there. Oh, no, I you didn't. Should, I don't want to go there. Go yeah, there. don't go there. Never go to East St. Louis. Fun fact for our listeners: you can go to the suburbs of East St. Louis. Those aren't bad, but don't go to East St. Louis proper. Shout That's out to Ariane Barry. He's uh, east of St. Louis. He's in Illinois. Are you, he's from from Illinois. He's not there anymore. But uh, nice. shout out to him. You know, it's not in St. Louis anymore. The Rams. Rams. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. That is true. That is also true. But a couple more baseball notes to touch on. Oh, uh, yeah. Kyle already hinted uh, hinted at this. Uh, well, didn't really hint at it. He explicitly stated it. The MLB draft uh, started on Monday. It goes Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week. Uh, fun fact, I believe the MLB draft has 30 rounds, which is yep. uh, more than the draft of any other sport. They actually didn't used to have a, uh, a round limit on the MLB draft. Did you know that? Yeah. They just, used to, they just used to draft until all the teams decided they were done. Like, you could just stop drafting at any time, but the draft went until all 30 teams collectively decided they were done. So, like, in theory, if you were the last team, you could draft 85 consecutive players if you wanted. If you had the money and the space for them. Right. Because the draft just went infinitely until all the teams decided they were done. But now it just goes 30 rounds. Um, started Monday night. Uh, goes Tuesday and Wednesday all day. Pretty much starts about noon. Both noon central time both of those days. And goes pretty much the rest of the day. Um, the reason nobody gets excited about the MLB draft is really for two reasons. First of all, unlike in like the NBA or the uh NFL or the NHL trading draft picks is against the rules in uh, major league baseball. You can't trade draft picks. So you don't get any, uh, any moves trades right around the draft or during the draft of, you know, players and draft picks getting moved. So there's no excitement with that. And second of all, because of the extensive minor league system in baseball, you don't see those players for at least three years normally. Like before the show, we were looking some players from the 2016 draft have started to uh, make their way into the majors this year. But really, pretty much, it takes... that's And that's just a few players. So really, it takes three or more years for these players to actually make an impact on major league rosters. So that's why nobody gets really excited about the draft. You just pick the best player, that the player that you think uh, projects out the best, and you just got to see where it goes over three years. There's so many unknowns over... Uh, over three years so that's what the other reason the draft doesn't get talked about much so people need to calm down about who their team drafts in the draft you can't judge an mlb draft for at least six years that's my uh that's my motto the royals are starting to be able to judge their draft from last year though since all of their the their three pitchers from their the first round of the draft last year that they selected are 
all being called up this week. One was called up last week, and the next two are being called up this week. So there's some starting to get some excitement for draft from last year, but they're still over a year away mm-hmm. from being in the MLB. So. Yeah. yeah. You can't project anything until they've been in the, in the major leagues for a couple of years. That's when you can start to see uh, see what happened. Plus, it I mean, doesn't it, – go, sorry, go ahead. I mean, like Mike Trout was, you know, drafted in like the late 20s of the first round. I mean, it's not it's not like uh, basketball where, you know, you get the first overall pick and you're going to draft Zion Williamson and he's pretty much going to change your franchise. That doesn't happen in baseball. If that player does change your franchise, he's still years away. So don't and get the too thing, excited about the draft. The thing is, you can't, even in the next year, like if they're hitting super well in high A baseball – that doesn't mean that's going to translate to the majors. High mm-hmm. A baseball is a much different game from even AAA. Yes. Compared much. to the MLB. You don't see people throwing 100 miles an hour in high A. I mean, you do sometimes. Sometimes, but it's very rare because those players are generally promoted sooner. Mm-hmm. Fairly quickly. Yeah, that's true. But, and the other piece of baseball news is, or I guess a note is, so... Because we never, in case you guys, uh, listeners, aren't aware, Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell still haven't signed anywhere. Uh, we never, we just sort of stopped giving you updates on them because, you know, we got bored of giving you updates on them once the season started and we had actual baseball to talk about. But they still haven't signed anywhere. And uh, the main reason why this is happening is because um, there was draft pick compensation attached to them because of a complicated thing where their teams gave them a qualifying offer, but they chose not to sign it. So a team that would sign them would have to give up draft picks to their former team. So in Keiko's case, the Astros, or in Kimball's case, the Red Sox. So that was one thing that was keeping some teams away um, from signing them. But now that the draft has started, that uh, draft pick compensation for signing them has gone away. So you would expect that by by next week's episode, they would have both signed, and we'll be talking about... uh, what team signed them and how it influences the playoff race and uh, how soon we'll actually be able to see them in a major league uniform, how, uh, how soon they'll be ready. But yeah, now that the draft pick compensation is gone, hopefully we'll have good news to report that all the big name free agents in baseball will finally be signed two and a half months in, into the season. Go baseball free agency. It's great. Nothing's and then we might not even see him until after the all-star break. I mean, the All-Star break is in the second week of July this year. They won't need that much time to get ready. I'd expect, if they sign in the next week, I'd expect to see them the last week in June at the latest. But we can talk about that more after they've signed and they've made some appearances with their team and we start to see how much they've actually been throwing, like their agents have said they've been doing. We'll see how much of that they've actually done. But can I be upset about something quick? I am also in agreement with this. Good, yes. Kyle and I It can... needs to happen. So the reason that I am pissed off this week is because Tropicana Field, where the Rays play, is awful. It it's should garbage. be blown up. To, to preface this, so here's here's what happened. So um, yesterday, uh, not yesterday, this weekend, the uh, the Twins with uh, Miguel Sano hit a very very high, very very long fly ball to left. Um, MLB StatCast projected it at approximately 400 feet was how far that ball was uh, projected to travel. 
it turned into a fly out to the shortstop. Ball was projected at 406 feet, fly out to the shortstop. This happened because the ball hit a speaker attached to the roof of Tropicana Field. And apparently if a ball hits a speaker that's above the playing field, it's still in play and mm-hmm. ended up as a fly out to the shortstop. It's the same thing with the rafters. If it hits the rafters and comes down, it's still playable. Yeah. And this, this stadium, that's just not acceptable for a Major League Baseball stadium. Things should not be hitting the roof of a Major League Baseball stadium. Like, I don't mind indoor stadiums, attractable roofs. I mean, I think baseball should be played outdoors, but I mean, for certain reasons, it's good to have those. But you can't have stuff hitting those roofs. That's just not acceptable. You can build a better ballpark than that. Like, it's bad. Well, they don't even have a ballpark that their fans want to even come to. Even when the team is good, nobody goes to the games. They had the uh, lowest attendance mark in Rays history uh, last week. They had about 4,000 people at the game. Lowest in Rays history. The (laughs) The Royals, one of the worst teams in baseball, average more than that. This is this is a Tampa Bay team that's currently thirty five and twenty two, and at that point they were better than that because they hadn't just lost three out of four to the Twins. They're winning at more than a six hundred clip, and they can only draw four hundred or four thousand people to the ballpark. It's embarrassing. That's a bad ballpark. Blow it up. Kyle, do you want to talk about a uh, another strange but true baseball injury we had this last week? Yeah. So, uh, so Carlos Correa is on my fantasy team, so this wasn't a. Uh, good this wasn't good news for me um he is now out four to six weeks after fracturing a rib um and he had this happen while getting a massage so apparently uh this this massage was a little too aggressive um and it cost him four to six weeks and it cost the astros their starting shortstop until realistically I would expect, since the Astros are playing so well without him, to keep him out until after the All-Star break and give him that added rest. But, yeah, you lose your starting shortstop and one of the best defensive shortstops in the game right now to a fractured rib while getting massage. I bet that massage therapist probably lost their job, especially if they're a team massage therapist. So, I think... Well, how does that even happen? Like, aggressive. who massages your ribs? Who gets a rib massage? Even like I don't know. Well, like, what? I mean, I guess, I guess if you're getting along the side, that's probably where you could fracture it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's strange. I don't know. But strange. Yeah, somebody, true. somebody's not doing their job right. Yeah, that's true. Strange that but true. That is true. Oh. I have strange. a real, I have a really good, uh, recent, uh, strange but true baseball injury for next week. So right. more of them. We Heck will yeah. look, we will look forward to it for next week. I'm waiting on pins and needles until next week. Good, you, you better. I'm sure I read it though, so you're probably not going to surprise me. Just our listeners. Speaking of things that are true, how do you keep a game true to itself? How do you, how do you keep a game? Like baseball, baseball. By teaching kids about how baseball is supposed to be played. How do they know how it's supposed to be played? Because uh, it's passed down from person to person. I know what you're trying to get at here, but I'm just not going to play along with you. Just cause you because you tried to be too clever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not because it's passed down. What you're passing down are the rules of the game. Who the passes rules of down the game? rules? 
Don't that's you just how, instruct that's those? That's how you define the game is by rules. And are some rules of those just rules instructed? some of those rules are stupid. You know? It's the only way to keep the game true is by rules, but some rules are stupid. And I think Mike has some stupid rules for us this week. I do. My rule this week if normally my rules aren't stupid. This rule right that's here not true. is stupid funny, is what this rule is. We're still gonna talk about baseball. So in baseball, right, a ball is live until it hits like the wall or until it hits right. So like a ball is live until like it hits the wall or it could be caught until it hits the wall or the ground or something. So that means it's live even after it would hit off a person, for example. Like sometimes you see it where like a line drive would like, you know, get deflected by the pitcher and caught by somebody else, right? That's still a live ball, it could still be caught for an out. But that also means that if a ball were to bounce off a player, it could still be like a home run, for example. And this has happened before. So a ball is live until it hits like the wall or the ground or something. So you saw is this the ball before. live until it hits the wall. You've said that four times. I just yeah. wanted to be I yep. just wanted to clarify. And this and this did indeed happen at one point. Um, Jose Canseco, once uh, he was an outfielder. He uh, looks for the Texas Rangers at the time. He gave up a home run on a ball that he was tracking and he was under it. And then it bounced off his head and over the fence (laughs) for a home run. So balls are in play until a ball bouncing off someone, head, glove, arm, foot, I guess. If it would somehow bounce over the fence off your foot, that would count as a home run. That is amazing. Oh, face. I thought you said base. I'm like, no, base is part of the ground. That wouldn't count. Plus, if you managed to hit it off a base and over the outfield wall, <laughs> that would be insane. You deserve a home run if you did that. Oh, I'm yeah, really pedantic probably. here. You said it's in play if it bounces off a person, which isn't necessarily true. Because umpires are people, too, but they're okay. considered part of the field. True. So it bounced off I a should... bun. Yeah. I should so, specify a player. It's going to be slightly pedantic yep. because yep. it can that's, be. That's a good clarification. It should be a player. Yep. So now you know. If a ball bounces off a player and over the fence, it is a home run. doesn't come up often, but as we chronicled, it has. You should watch that video, by the way. The Jose Canseco home run off his head. You should look that up. That's that is good. my rule for the day. I like it. So would you like to do the honors of giving me my first... L, I think, of this new season of Write That Down Predictions. Maybe my second. Maybe my Let second L. check your spreadsheet. Nope, it is your first L. It's my first L. Spoiler alert, I didn't get my Write That Down Prediction from last week correct. That's correct. And At all. His Write That Down Prediction was that the Cubs would still be in first place in the NL Central at the end of the week. Um, as of when play closed on Sunday night, the Cubs were a game and a half behind the Milwaukee Brewers. They were Only in second a game place. Now. NL Central. Only now it is a game now because yes, they won on Monday the, morning. The Brewers did but, did surpass the Cubs on some, a Saturday, I think. Yes. So for that prediction, why it gets a nah. And uh, the second prediction we had come off the board this week was mine that the Twins would win the series against the Rays. We already told you that they took three out of four. So for that prediction, I get a ding 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 ding. ding, ding. And that is a our first correct prediction of the week. Was of the season? Of the season, yes. Of this season was me with that prediction. Kyle, you want to start us off with our predictions for this week, as always? 
Uh, yeah, so going off of the closest geographical location NHL hockey team to my current location, uh, the St. Louis Blues will win the Stanley Cup Finals. They will win the Stanley Cup Finals. All right. Um, so to evaluate this, Wyatt, just so you're aware, they're currently down 2-1 in the series. Um, game four is being played as we speak, and St. Louis is up 2-1 with uh, about seven minutes left in the second period. Um, what are you thinking, double or triple? I, I'm thinking maybe uh, double. Where are they playing right now? They They're playing in St. In St. Louis, but game, they don't have they don't okay. have home home yep. ice advantage. Okay. Game five is in St. Louis. Game six I'm, is in Boston. Or game four is in St. Louis. Five in Boston. Six in St. Louis, and seven in Boston. If it comes to that, um, I'm okay with a triple. Ooh, but I will defer to you because you're the you're more of a hockey expert than I am. We're gonna go with double. Okay, we're double. going with a double. Yeah. Also, we'll slight double. interruption. I have a really good stupid rule for you that we can do next week or something. All right. Sounds In good. regards Remi- to hockey, even. Ooh, remind me next week, and we will, I will do, do it. That. I will do that. We will do it. So uh, I have, from I write that down, that Steph Curry will get tossed at some point in time between now. And the the final game, he will get ejected. This like okay during yeah. the series. Yeah, during mm-hmm. the series, he will get tossed. Double. I would give him a triple for that. <laughs> He's gonna throw his mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna That's be a exactly double. Give him a imagining. double. No, uh, he already wrote down a triple. He already wrote that down. I'm gonna oh give him a triple. It's not it people don't written. get ejected in the NBA finals, Kyle. Steph Curry's going. Draymond Green does. Yeah, but he's Draymond. The prediction wasn't Draymond Green will get ejected oh, this season. That was dirty Curry. when he did that. Was that last year that he did? No, it was two years ago. Was it two years ago? Oh, man. The Warriors oh, man. are in the finals so often. Who can keep track yeah, of when something got ejected funny. in the finals? All right, what do you got, Mike? What's your right my, there down? My prediction is that, um, that Kevin Durant will recover from his injury and lead the Warriors to victory in one game this series. Mm. Okay, so that's very... Uh, uh, what do you mean lead? Define lead to victory. He will lead them in all statistical categories during the game? Just he will He will have a performance where it's easy to say that, yes, Durant won them that game. Definitively. Yeah. Like, can like, we put a metric that he has to at least lead the team in points during that game? Okay, he will lead the yeah. team in points in one game. We'll call it that. He'll lead the team in points in one game, but have like the best performance. Yeah. Of the series. Yeah. Okay. Well, not of the series, of the game. Of the game. So, in order for this to come true, if he does have a really good performance, he has to lead them in points. Yes. For this to happen. Yes. I'm not sure how to quantify it. Because yeah. there's so many other players on the team that can actually lead that game in points now that that's I fair. put that stipulation on there. Yeah, I wouldn't go anything below triple. That's that's valid. Okay. I, like, I like triple. If you, had, if you had said, oh. I would have given you a grand slam if you had said that he will lead the team in all statistical categories uh, for that game. No, because he's not going to lead in like blocks or things like that. He might. Unlikely, though. That's what would make it's it. It's not his job. Slam. That's Draymond. That's Green, what would make you know, it Draymond the first ever <laughs> Grand Slam on this show. Yeah, that would be true. We also don't differentiate between a home run and a Grand Slam in our points. 
I mean, there's no way to do it when you point to batting average and slugging percentage. Exactly. There's, there's no way to do it. So. All right. Have we heard from Josh? Is he is he alive? He is alive. That's He's doing good. good. That's good. And I do have a write the down prediction from him for this week. What is that? It is that the Brewers will remain ahead of the Cubs in the NL Central for the next two weeks. So it's like <laughs> your prediction, except Triple. you one up you another week. Well, Triple. Uh, yeah. Triple. Triple okay. or home run. Give him a triple. All right. Three triples this week. If you had only given me a triple. That's nope. fair. You don't deserve it. Sorry, buddy. Maybe maybe if the Blues are losing now before we sign off this episode, but they're not. They're still winning 2-1, to one and they're on a power play. So you're No, they're not. Say, it's tied 2-2 two, two now. No, it's not. You don't know. The, oh, wow. It is tied 2-2 two, two now. <laughs> uh, no, you still I'm get a literally you watching still, it. You still get a double. Ah, dang it. Give a shorthanded goal. Boo them. Be better. Don't give up shorthanded goals in the NHL finals. Boo. So, I think that's it. I think that's all four of us. We have, we have I think that's all she wrote. We have three triples, three, 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 and a double because we didn't give Kyle a triple. Should have been a triple. That means since we screwed Kyle over on points again this week that this is the end of the Write That Down prediction segment and therefore the end of the episode. If you guys are watching me, I'm drawing a giant P. I am protesting this episode. There, we do not allow protests in this episode. I'm sorry, Kyle. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the A311 Cast, episode 33. Share, share us with your friends, family, foes, enemies, allies, whatever you want. Um, frenemies, frenemies, frenemies. Is there a D in there? Frenemies, frenemies. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Sure, On Spotify, both. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry. iTunes is going away. Place. Did anybody hear that? Apple is decon- is discontinuing iTunes. Yeah, it's a joke. Not gonna happen. Are you sure? Nine. Sure that that's gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. It might Sorry, rebrand just... it. It's not gonna happen. There's okay. no way. No I way. I just broke your outro. You can finish now. Sorry. That's okay. I already broke my outro when I couldn't figure out if there was a D in front of me. Friend of me. Friend. Friend of me. Well, listen to us, share us with your family and friendemies. Signing off for the 8311 <laughs> cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt. Thanks. Go Cyclones. And one final outro point Kawhi Leonard is suing Nike. Good night, folks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Okay, I have to go. I'm hungry. Yeah, eat. Bye. 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 I gotta stop recording, I guess. Stop recording.